Hey, welcome to the Healing She Got Faith show. I am Lily. I am the founder of Healing She Got Faith, and I am the host of the Healing She Got Faith talk show. Healing She Got Faith is an organization that was created for adults who are dealing with grief and or on their self-love journey. During this talk show, we talk about grief, healing, self-love. There will be some trigger warnings. There will be some laughs. We give ourselves affirmation, but overall, we are encouraging you to love you the way you love the world okay so we are so glad that you are here thanks for tuning in continue to love yourself and as always we are here to see a healed world not a grieving world okay so yes thank you all for tuning in Happy Monday. Welcome to episode 37. Can y'all believe it? Episode 37. Okay, happy Monday. It is a holiday, so hopefully you have today off. If you have not heard yet, this is a double hitter today. You will get a bonus episode plus episode 37. What? And that is because episode 36 came out as complete trash, okay? no but for real so that day there was no internet in my house or my building I caught myself going to the library thought I was being real productive and I published it did everything I would normally do on a Monday and then heard the podcast and it was complete trash so I just felt like I had to give y'all an extra episode today because I'm not gonna do my listeners like that okay so yeah Happy Monday, y'all. I hope that you are resting today. I hope you have enjoyed this first week of September. September has came in moving already. And y'all, I am exhausted, okay? I am planning so much for healing. She got faith. And I am just really just keeping it pushing. Um, If you listen to the bonus episode, if you got through the mix and mingle and tricks and tips of uh episode 36 you you would see that like i'm like i'm really at peace and this is the first time where i'm doing things and i'm not stressed out and i'm not overwhelmed i'm kind of just moving through life because that's where i'm at in life um but yeah like i'm exhausted like today i'm gonna take a nap today okay because I am tired, all right? So without further ado, if you are new here, welcome. My name is Lily. I am the founder of Healing She Got Faith, okay? And of course, I'm the host of the Healing She Got Faith talk show, all right? If you are a, what is it, a faithful listener, hey, y'all, I missed you. Welcome back. So excited. I just love y'all. I just want to thank all my listeners, all my followers. Y'all have really been coming through with the reviews and the recaps and just sending me positive affirmations and sending me love and like like I just appreciate y'all so much. And I've just been getting it more and more over the last couple of weeks. And I don't take it lightly. I screenshot everything, save it, because I just I be needing to know. I be needing to know if y'all hear me. Okay. Is this thing on? Okay. That's what I'll be trying to figure out. (laughs) So, yes, this is episode 37. We are back into the power of grief series. And so, episode 37, we are talking about death, y'all. Like, we are talking about death, okay? So, So, today's topic is, is death a taboo to discuss? 
And part of what made me want to talk about this is because recently I met with a lawyer and I invested in a trust. And so in today's episode, we're going to go into that and discuss that and um, kind of just go through like some of the things I've been learning about death and some of my views and just things of that nature. But of course, y'all know we can't just jump right in. Y'all know we got to do an icebreaker, okay? So for this episode, I picked two cards from the Renegade Empowerment Woman's card, and then I picked a card from Dream Cards, okay? So let's start with the Renegade. The first card is singing and dancing as a form of ancient healing. I love letting go and moving to my rhythm. Oh, I love this so much because I cannot sing, but I love to sing. I cannot dance, but I love to dance. But also, too, um, learning about my culture, which is the Puerto Rican culture, the Caribbean culture. Like, we love to dance, okay? Like, just I – I didn't grow up around Puerto Ricans. I didn't grow up in the Caribbean culture. So, like, I've had to, like – teach myself i did move to new york to learn more about like where i come from who i am and just things like that that's been part of my journey and just learning about like we love music now on the other side my daddy who is a white man um he loved music he absolutely adored music like my dad supported me and everything like when i was 15 I used to DJ and my daddy was my biggest fan. He just loved dancing. He loved music. He loved the rhythm. And I can say that for both of my parents. Like both of my parents really enjoy the musical life. Okay. Like music was our language. Every day we was blessing music. Every weekend we was blessing music. My dad would find free concerts to go to. We were a musically inclined family, which is funny because I don't feel like any of us had like the talent, but definitely put some music in front of us. Like it just spoke our language. And I still feel like that to this day. Like I have a memorial tattoo of my dad and it's a treble clef and a treble clef. (laughs) And I did that to represent my dad because my dad was like really taught me about music. Like he taught me about different genres. He just taught me to like be free in music. My mom, my mom loved Spanish music. She loved R&B. She loved Motown. And so I feel like I got to see her like, like out of her element anytime music came on, like she would just sway and dance. And then one of the last times I saw my mom was when I took her on a cruise and we danced together. And it was just so beautiful. And I just felt like Music brought out that inner child of my mom that I never really got to see except for on occasions because my mom was always like this tough woman. And so I just felt like music made her really soft and I appreciate that. And then also too, like anytime I dance or sing, like I just feel so much better. When I first lost my mom, well, prior to losing my mom, I was also like going through like a very bad breakup. I started going to like these dance classes um it was like twerk size twerk yoga trap size a couple other ones and it was like just it I lost weight I felt so more healthier I felt sexy I started to fall in love with myself because I really feel like at that point before I knew what I knew now like dancing was healing me and I knew it was healing me and I just thought that was such a beautiful thing so I love that card because I do believe it is a form of healing and as I've done this journey yeah it is an ancient healing like dancing has meaning to it and so if you're feeling down get up and shake something okay (laughs) oh okay the second card of the renegade deck it says i don't have to understand or agree to accept a situation's acceptance acceptance flows 
naturally for me. I feel like I'm at that place. And I feel like I used to ask a lot of questions, um, even when I didn't want to. But um, coming to a place where, like, I just genuinely accept people for who and what they are and not even, like, questioning. Like, you live your journey. I live my journey. And we kind of just accept it. I do believe acceptance flows naturally for me. I do accept people for who they are. I was just telling my friend yesterday, like, um, I've come to accept my place in people's lives. And, like, sometimes people are like, oh, relationships shouldn't be like this or like that. Like, just some of the relationships I'm, like, kind of, like, fighting through and just being like, you know, like, I've come to a place where I really genuinely accept, like, my place in that person's life. And I genuinely accept, like, where I'm at and what our relationship actually is, like, I think I no longer want to fight things. I just want to accept it. Like, that's who you are. I want to accept you for that. That doesn't necessarily mean I have to deal with it, but, like, that's a case-by-case basis, you know? So I I genuinely – I feel like I've always been this way, but because I didn't have boundaries, I didn't know how to, like, be that way in a healthy manner. So now that I'm learning boundaries and setting boundaries and sticking to my boundaries, I'm kind of at this place where I'm like, okay, like – Oh, so this is what that looks like. And so I feel like this card is perfect for right now because I really am at that place where I'm just like, that's that's the situation? Cool. It is what it is. So acceptance flows naturally to me. I'll take it. And the last card. Don't you, wait, don't do, (laughs) don't you. Okay. Don't do as you planned. Do as you feel right in your heart. Practice listening to your heart again and again. Learn its language. Mm, this is kind of deep. Don't do as you planned. Do as you feel right in your heart. Practice listening to your heart again and again. Learn its language. Um, I think this one's kind of harder for me to understand because I used to be real big in like my Christian religion I guess my relationship with Jesus and you know the Bible tells us that the heart is deceitful and so going to a Christian church I've always been taught that like your heart is deceitful um but now that I'm kind of just learning my own way like I'm not saying I'm not a Christian I'm not saying I don't believe in Jesus but I am saying that like some of the stuff that I was taught in church really hurt me and it, it was detrimental to, like, my mental health. And a lot of that, like, I'm trying to fight through right now. Like, church hurt is real. And I feel like as a 30-year-old, I'm definitely, like, fighting through that as we speak. And so one thing that I'm learning in my healing journey is, like, listening to your body. So, like, with this is practice listening to your heart again and again, learn this language. So, like, when I read that, honestly, the mindset that comes is, like, listen to your body. I also, um, I'm really into yoga. And so, like, yoga teaches you to separate the mind from the body. And so, the mind will, like, the mind was created to protect you. But your body knows what to do without your mind, which some people, that's going to go over your head. And that's perfectly fine. Like, it, that takes a lot of research and science and understanding for you to like actually understand what that means. But when I read this, I'm reading like listen to your body, learn your body's language, and listen to it over and over again. Um, I focus on the heart because heart disease and heart attacks run in the family. And I do focus on the heart. So like not even just thinking like on an emotional point of view. 
I listen to my heart. Like if my heart is beating really fast or if I've ate too much sugar or drank too much alcohol, like listening to my heart because my heart tends to be the body part that's like, okay, hey, we overdid it. Like send help. And so I definitely like am at this place where I'm just like, I really do have to continue to listen to my body. I'm not really sure if that's what this card means because it says don't do as you plan, do as you feel. So I'm, it's pretty pretty much talking about feelings. But when I read it, I'm just not resonating with the feelings part, um, which, again, might be because of what I said earlier, um, just coming from that Christian religion. But I don't know. I I will I'll lead, leave on this. Listen to your body. Your body will talk to you. Learn your body's language. And um, relating to the first line, don't do as you plan. Plans will fail. Be okay with that. Be okay with your plans failing. Sometimes we create plans and we stress ourselves out when they don't go as planned. Because sometimes they were never meant to happen. And sometimes they were never meant to be successful. Even in our failure, we still have a learning lesson. Okay, so learn that you can plan, but planning doesn't always work. Oh, some of y'all ain't gonna like that, but that's okay. Okay, <laughs> that was our icebreaker. Very beautiful, very, very beautiful. Um, I, I, I just love our icebreakers. I love how it makes us think, how it makes us like dig deep within ourselves. Like, I just love our icebreakers. Okay, so let's move on to our subject. Okay. Oh, yeah, I'm tired. <sighs> okay, is death a taboo to discuss? Okay, so um, I've witnessed a lot of death. I've witnessed a lot of funerals. I've witnessed a lot of loss. And um, it has been hard to navigate through. And I feel like sometimes it's hard for people to talk about death. I have one friend that we talk about death quite a bit. Um, but I, sometimes I have to like set that boundary because it'll put me in a mindset that it's kind of dark, not like suicidal or anything, but just like a very dark mindset to where I'll focus on death when I don't need to, or it's not the time or place or whatever. However, um, on the contrary, there's some people who never talk about death, like ever people get uncomfortable. People don't want to talk about death and dying. It, it's very, very uncomfortable. Maybe in a social work, like we have semesters full of like death and dying and the topic. And so they really force us to dig deep within our death and dying um, selves and just like, what do we, how do we prepare for death and how do we help those who have experienced extreme death? Um, or how do we, how do we deal with those who are on their deathbed and stuff like that? And so, um, I didn't really pay much attention to death until my mom died, until I was faced with like actual death to one of the closest people in my life where I had to watch her take her last breath. I had to watch her heart rate, her heart rate go down from like 32 to zero. Okay. Um, so where I had to like speak over her body and let her know like, mom, if you have to go, we'll be okay, okay? And it's not common to talk about because people just aren't comfortable with that. And so 
because I've witnessed a lot of death, because a lot of people have died young, there's always this thought in my process, like, will I get to live longer? And so there's a sense of survival guilt. And so I remember getting my glasses last year. I was getting my glasses and contacts up at the mall where I, I get I, my eye doctor is. And I remember this older man walking in. He had to be his 60s, 70s. He came in. All he wanted was um, a glass holder, you know, the little thing you put your glasses in. And so he walked in. He was so polite, such a gentle spirit. And see, I'm like, I'm empathetic to the point where I can like see people's auras. I can sense people's energies. Like it gets very overwhelming, which is why like I don't like to go to a lot of places and be shoulder to shoulder. Like it's very hard for me to get out and to be in large groups of people because I just feel all those energies. And sometimes I just have a hard time separating them from myself. But this time, this old man, he just came in there. All he wanted was his, like, glasses holders. He was by himself, so I don't know, like, what his story was, if he was a widower or whatever whatever the case may be. But anyways, um, the glasses people was kind of taking a long time. So he was in the store for maybe about, like, 20, 25 minutes. And the worker was like, oh, I'm sorry. Um, what can I, What can I help you with? And he was just like, oh, I was just wondering, can I um, buy a, a, gla- a glass glasses holder? And so the man was like, oh, yeah, and gave it to him. And he was like, oh, well, here's $20. And the man, the worker was like, oh, no, like those are free. You you can have those. And he was like, oh, well, I didn't buy no glasses today. And the worker was like, no, like we give those out for free. Like, that's fine. And so the man was like, oh, wow. And so the worker asked him, well, um, what type of glasses are you going to put in there? Because that'll determine what type of holder I give you. And so he was like, well, actually, I use the glasses holder because I put my medicine in there. And so he pulls out his older glasses holder and he opens it. And nevertheless, the medicine is in there. So the worker was like, OK, well, like, will this work for you? And the man was like, yeah. And he took it and he walked out. That was such a moment for me. And I remember like going home and make a status on Facebook. And I was just like, I I explained the situation. And then I was like, I just don't know if I'll ever experience being that old and having that much peace and just doing something as simple as like walking to the mall. I mean, walking around the mall and then getting glass glasses holders like And I remember one of my friends who her mother also passed away on the same day that my mom passed. She was like, you know, that is survivor's guilt. Like you're you're experiencing survivor's guilt because you've experienced so much death that you actually don't know if you'll ever live to be that old because you're constantly losing people left and right. And that was hard for me. Because I think that was the first time I was ever okay with actually talking about death and really being honest. Like, I don't know. So when I was younger, I used to always tell people like, oh, I'm going to die early because everybody dies early. And I would make a joke out of it. So like, I didn't take my health serious. I didn't take my food choices serious. I just didn't take anything serious because I was like, ah, whatever. We're all going to die anyway. You should just, you should be, you should just be prepared. Instead of like appreciating life and like trying to do better, I was just prepared to die. And then I got older and I started doing this healing journey. And I was like, man, like, I hope I didn't knock years off of my life because that was a trash attitude. Okay. And so in the last couple of years, I've really just wanted to do better. I've experienced 
funerals. I've experienced um, having funerals for both of my parents. I've just experienced a lot of stuff that I know that if my parents had the resources to do better, they would have done better. And we probably would have been better, like left off better, better left off. (laughs) Yeah, I told you I'm tired. Okay. Um, (laughs) So about two years ago, I got a new financial advisor, maybe only a year ago. Anyways, I got this financial advisor. This financial advisor has been amazing. And so one of the things that we talked about was doing a will and a trust because I was telling my financial advisor just all the hurt and pain and death and loss I had been through. And so my financial advisor suggested that I do a trust. And so about a year ago, I met with a lawyer and I did a trust. A whole bunch of drama happened. um, And it wasn't drama that had to do with me. It had to do with the lawyer and personal stuff. And of course, like it just took longer. And so finally, within the last couple of months, I've actually been able to, I got a new lawyer and I was able to finalize my trust. And so I knew about a will, like I knew about a living will. I knew that like, you know, people should do wills as soon as they can. They shouldn't wait till like they're older or whatever. But then I learned about this concept of trust. And so my financial advisor was like, if you have the money, I would suggest making the investment and doing the trust. And then when I met my new lawyer, my new lawyer, she told me that like in the trust that I have, there is a will in the trust. And so um, I'm not gonna lie for this episode, I wanted to give you guys a, you know, definition of both. I just went to Google, you can do the same. Um, And I'm just going to give you my definition of what I got out of it. So a will is a document with all your wishes and plans, and it should be notarized in order for it to be recognized for when you die. But a trust is an investment where there are third parties who are able to take control of your assets. So like I said before, in my trust, I actually have a will and um, both were completed by a lawyer. So my lawyer made the trust and then within the trust put a will in there. Um, both of these documents should be notarized through my trust. So my trust is through my lawyer. So my lawyer is the only person who has a copy of my will And then my financial advisor has a copy of my trust. And then the people that I put in my trust and will have copies of that. And so when the day comes, all those people, they can take my trust, go up to the lawyer's office. The lawyers will do a meeting and everybody that I put in the trust will have a meeting over my assets. The good thing about the trust is that like my car, my business, my house, all of that, will not have to go through the state. You won't have to go through, um, I think it's called probate. Um, Everything is written out and in legal hands of who gets what. So typically people forget to put like a beneficiary on your car. And so if you, whenever you pass away, there's not a beneficiary on your car, your car goes back to the state and then you have to go, you have to like basically go to court. Your family has to go to court to get your car back because you're no longer here. Um, that was probably the most terrible way I could have explained that, but (laughs) yeah, I get the picture anyways. So I I decided to make the investment, which is, which is quite a bit to do a trust because I wanted to make sure my family was taken care of. Now I don't have kids and I don't have a husband, which a lot of single people are like, I don't need to do that, but I do have God kids. I have nieces and nephews. And if I leave before my brother and sister, like I want to make sure 
my family and the people that's taking care of me will be taken care of whenever my time has come. So um, my two godsons actually um, are part owners of my business technically. So whenever I pass away, they technically will get automatic ownership of that. The lawyer, financial financial advisors will be able to help them do any of the paperwork that needs to be done. Which is why I wanted the lawyer and why I had my financial advisor in on this because I had two professionals who have dealt with this, who have worked with this. And I know that when my time comes, there are professionals in place and their documentations in place that whenever that time comes, everybody that I need to be taken care of will be taken care of. And so it was just... In black and white, plain and simple, what I want. Even down to like my funeral. Like in my for my funeral, I'm like, don't spend too much money. Um, like don't don't go broke over this. Like cremate me, do a couple out, like please, like I don't care what y'all do. I'm not gonna be there. Like I be telling them, like, you don't have to do a home, you don't have to do a fancy home home. And like a lot of people don't realize like a funeral is just a big party for the other people, like it's to make other people feel good. I want y'all to hear me loud and clear. I am not going to be at my funeral, okay? I will not be there. I do not care what y'all do. I don't care. So don't waste your money and don't waste your time trying to do a home going. Like, no, like celebrate me while I'm here. And then whenever it's my time to come, do what you have to do to grieve. But don't go broke for that. Like people spending twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 on funerals. Oh my God, I am dead. I don't care. Don't do that, okay? So- um, I want to talk about that, but with having a trust, I had to have some hard conversations with the people that I have in the trust. I've had to like, let people know, like, this is what you need to do as far as, um, like if the time comes, like, this is what you need to do. Here's the paperwork you need. And having to have those harder conversations that we don't like to have, we don't like to talk about death. We don't like to talk about, um, when that time is to come. And I get it because there, there are superstitions that if you talk about it, you're bringing it to you. But also too, I would rather my family and my people know exactly what it is that I want versus I have a random death and nobody knows anything, you know? And that brings me up to my next point. Like I need them to be able to have my passwords. I need them to be able to know where everything is. And so I actually, um, through a professional luncheon, was recommending this book. It's called um, I'm Dead Now What? And it's a book where you fill out all the information. I'm actually going to fill out the book, probably give it to my financial advisor. So if anything ever happens, um, he'll have it. But also send out an email to like everybody that's in the trust with all the information like, hey, and of course, like since this email, I don't want to put too much information, but like, hey, this is where you can find my passwords. These are all the banks, like everything so that people know where to go so that they can get everything that is rightfully owed to them. And so having that, because a lot of people just don't think about that. Like you should have beneficiaries on all of your bank accounts. You should have a beneficiary on your automobiles. You should have a beneficiary over your house, over your assets, like everything. These are conversations that we're not necessarily taught until it's too late. And so I'm at a place where I'm pretty young and I want to have these conversations. I want to educate people. Like I want to educate people on like what I'm doing because I had to learn a lot of this the very hard way. Like dealing with somebody's estate 
is terrible. <laughs> okay. Trying to pay bills, having debt certificates. Like to this day, I don't know where my mom's debt certificate is. And I know I like bought like 15 of them, but we had to send them to so many, like so many places. Like I legit don't have a death certificate of her. I mean, and I can, I can always just go and buy one, which is not too big of an issue, but still like just being organized and having things in one place and knowing like what you have to do because it, it gets hard. Like you're dealing with grief and then you're dealing with all legal stuff. You're dealing with all like the admin and just, just different things that you don't want to think about. But if the stuff is already in place, it, it kind of limits the stress if that makes sense, if that makes sense. And so I think we just have to become more comfortable with talking about death. Like honestly, like death is part of life. Like bugs die, animals die hippos lose their babies like <laughs> sharks lose their babies you know elephants grieve so if other animals experience death like who are we as humans to think that like it's not a natural part of life you know and there there are so many questions like why do people die as young as they do why why were we put on this earth to only die like that's so painful like what what is it and do we ever become okay with it and some of these questions I honestly don't have the answer to and I honestly don't know how I feel about it. But what I can say is I thoroughly believe that death is part of life. I don't, you know, one of the questions I ask is like, do we ever become one with death? And I honestly don't know if we ever become one with death, but I do know that it is part of life. It is very natural. Everybody dies. You cannot run from it. You cannot hide from it. Like everybody seriously dies. I'm not gonna lie. Like it took a lot for me to have this episode because again, like there's that taboo of like, well, if you talk about death, it's gonna come to you. And I honestly feel like I'm very protected in the spiritual life. I feel like it. I'm not bringing it on to me. I'm simply educating people. And also too, it's the conversation that needs to have. Like we continue to allow fear to run our lives. And that's when things start happening. But some of us have had, especially in the last couple of years, dealing with COVID and everything, some of us have had some of the hardest deaths and losses. And we have nobody to talk to about it because nobody wants to talk about death. Nobody wants to talk about how painful it is. Nobody wants to sit up here and have this conversation. And nobody wants to talk about how a lot of us are left in left field because like our families are not properly prepared for whenever that time comes. And so I'm just here to say, like, I don't think death is a taboo to discuss. I think we need to become more comfortable with it. I will also say this. When we accept death as a part of life, we also give ourselves permission to grieve. And when we give ourselves permission to grieve, we're able to deal with death. So you see how they go hand in hand? Like, we're always going to grieve. Everybody's grieving is different. Death is going to look different for everybody and everybody dealing with a type of death it's going to look different we even grieve our animals y'all like if you if you ever lost a cat or dog it's heartbreaking and again we don't know why like there's dogs dying out here from diabetes and cancer like what why is this part of life like what what was the point of putting dogs on this earth god like what was the point what was the reason okay <laughs> that's how i be talking about what was the reason what 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 was the reason okay and also too like in your spiritual life like have that conversation with god have that whoever you believe with right like i i thoroughly believe in god i thoroughly believe in jesus but like i said i um 
I just don't believe in this whitewash Jesus that this westernized culture has taught us. Like I just, it just, you know, that's another subject for another day. But I bring that up because a lot of people love how I talk to God. Like I talk to God, like how I talk to y'all. What was the reason? What are we doing here? What? Why did that have to happen that way? So like even on a spiritual realm, having that conversation, like, you know, I think a lot of times, we, oh, God doesn't make mistakes. Okay, you may not make mistakes, but you but you need to talk to me. My God, like you need to let me know something. I'm not saying you make mistakes, but I'm saying I'm hurt. I'm hurt to the point where I can't eat, sleep, get up or do anything. I can't I, I can't do anything. So tell me something. Okay. And a lot of people are like, oh, like you're really aggressive when you talk to God. And I'm like, listen. God know who he made. God know who he made. And I love God, but I have been through some of the most questionable deaths and losses in my life that I be needing answers. And I can't sugarcoat it. I can't come to you like, oh, God, oh, precious almighty. Mm -mm. Today, me and you need to sit down and have a conversation. And that that's what we got to do. That's what it. That's what it's going to look like. I'm not going to sit up here and fake the funk and be all grateful. And because when, when I know my heart, I know my heart's not right, but you also know my heart is right. And God clearly tells us to come as you are. And I'm coming as everything I am, which is a broken soul. Okay. It's a broken, grieving, hurt soul. When my mom died, I could not fake the funk, y'all. When my dad died, oh, I was putting on a superwoman facade. When my mom died, oh, no. Oh, no, it wasn't working. It was not working for me or for anybody around me. And so what I wish I would have had in both of those cases was people who could talk to me about death, people who could kind of nurture me in that, people who could love on me, people who could actually be comfortable with talking about death because it wasn't a taboo. I had a friend die when he was 20. And that was one of the hardest things I, I had to deal with in my 20s was like, dang. And th this was a man. He was a man of God, y'all. I'm talking about, I I know that he's up there with Jesus in the trumpets singing. Like, he was a man of God. And when he died, I was just like, dang, out of everybody you could have took. Like, you could have definitely took my ex. You going to take him? Like, and I know that's hard to say, but y'all, I'm just, I'm just being honest with you. Like that, that was a conversation. Like you could have, you, you could have took my ex. You ain't had to, you ain't had to take my friend, but the ex, oh, he could have went. That would have been no problem. Um, <laughs> I know I'd be sounding crazy, y'all, but this, listen, <laughs> you're going to get what I give you. Okay. Um, but in that, I wish that again, somebody would actually talk to me about death because and then it was like, oh, he was a man of God. You know, he's with Jesus. At least, you know, he's in heaven. But you're still not talking to me about death. You get what I'm saying? Especially at the age of 20. Okay. And so I just really encourage people, anybody who's listening to this, to just really be comfortable with it. It does not have to be a taboo. It does not have to be scary. Um, we really can prepare ourselves for that moment and I don't and let, let me just say this when I say prepare I don't mean like we'll ever really be ready I just mean there are certain steps we can take that will limit the stress I don't think it will limit the hurt I don't think it will limit the grief but at least if we have things in plan 
we leave our family in a place to where they can grieve. They don't necessarily have to worry about the other stuff. Like, I already have that stuff planned out. And so that's kind of where I'm at with it. Like, if anything were to happen to me anytime soon, like, I know my family will be taken care of. I know they won't have to put anything on Facebook. I know that they, like, they will not have to uh, hurt for anything when I pass. And, you know, I think a lot of people feel like that's a rich people thing. And I'm not rich by any means, honey. Like, listen, I got a whole master's degree and these folks want to pay me 30000 a year. So, sis is not rich, okay? Um, <laughs> but I have taken some steps to make sure that my family is okay and to make sure that my family has something and they have assets that if they need it, they can use it. So, um, I don't think death is a taboo. I think we need to be more open about it. We need to be more prepared. I think that people should learn more about life insurance. I think people should learn more about life savings, even like death savings, like um, have an account just like if you can't afford life savings, savings, have an account just for, you know, a rainy day, I guess is what you could say. But just having stuff in place. So when it is our time, we know our family will be taken care of. So that's kind of where I'm at with it. Um, you know, the power of grief in this is that we have the ability to learn more about death and to give ourselves permission to grieve. We cannot outrun death. And I think there's power in that, that when you accept it, like I will not be able to outrun death, but I can do certain things to prepare myself. We give ourselves permission to grieve and we can focus on, okay, well, these are the steps I can take so that my family does not have to worry about everything else. All that I have to worry about is grief. So yes, y'all. So don't forget, you have two episodes today. You have episode 37 and then you have the bonus episode. You also have the blog this week, which I will finish, be finishing up the conversation about death. And then also too, y'all, we finally have a date for the grand opening, which is October 23rd. We'll be doing a ribbon cutting ceremony for Healing She Got Faith in the Healing Community Office, okay? So I just want to leave you all with this. Give yourself permission to grieve. Know that you have power through grief. Be comfortable with knowing that death is not a taboo and that there is certain things that you just have to talk about. But also, too, I want you to love you the way you love the world. I love you all and I'll catch you next Monday. Bye, guys.